talking about a subject that's kind of controversial sometimes in church. We've been talking about what it means to be spirit-filled. And I just want to, this morning, kind of in a teach mode, we started last week or a couple weeks ago, actually, just talking about Holy Spirit and who He is and, and uh, what, his, what His deal is in the life of a, a, of a believer. And uh, if you don't know the Lord today, Holy Spirit's working in your life, too. He's doing stuff. He's got you in a place that, you know, maybe you've never, you've never been in an spot. You're like, wow, you know what? Maybe God is real. He's, he's trying to convince you this morning that God loves you and, and absolutely cares about you. But he also wants to convince you that there's things in your life called sin that keep you away from him. But he also wants to try and show you that what Jesus did on the cross is real uh, for you. That he took, he took your sin. He paid your penalty. It's like getting a speeding ticket and someone else paying the ticket for you. You get to go scot-free because someone else paid for it. It's the same thing with this, that no matter what you've done, uh, God, he loves you as a person, and he can forgive those things. So this morning, uh, it, it's, it's about a choice, just deciding to, to follow Christ or not, and Holy Spirit's doing that. But in the life of a believer, he's doing a whole lot of other things, and for the last couple of, week, of weeks, we've been looking at uh, some different parts of that. And so I want to encourage you if, you, if you missed a couple of the weeks, I really would encourage you to go online, uh, go to our website at uh, kingswaychurch.ca, and check out the other parts of this, because without all of them together, some of this may be a little bit uh, difficult to understand. But some of the stuff we've talked about, Holy Spirit's a person. He's not like this ghost somewhere. He's not like, uh, he's not like uh, a, a thing. You know, you don't talk about your wife as being the wife. She's, she's your wife. I don't talk about the Beth who lives in my house with me. Uh, it's the same thing here. The English translate, yeah, I sleep on the couch then, right? So it's... Um, but, she, but the, the Bible talks about Holy Spirit. In, in English, it translates, translates it as the Holy Spirit. But Jesus always talked about him as a he. He's a person. And he's working in and through you. One of the verses that we've been looking at, or one of the portions of Scripture, is Ephesians chapter 5, verse 15 to 18. It's probably up there. Right, so it says this. So be careful how you live. Live as men who are, or women who are wise and not foolish. So he's saying a couple of things here. Be careful how you live. You only got one shot at life. So he says, live it with wisdom and not, not uh, in foolishness. Make the best use of your time because these are sinful days. Look around. Yeah, I would, I would agree. It says, don't be foolish. Again, it says, understand what the Lord wants you to do. Stop there for a second. This is what he's saying. He's saying, hey, all this stuff, think about the life you're living. Think about the days you have. Think about the fact that you only got one shot at this thing called life. And he says, you got choices. You can either be wise or you can be an absolute fool. And he's saying, you know, choose to live your life with wisdom because it will make all the difference. But you get that choice. You can choose it. And this is what he says. So he, said, he says, this is what God wants you to do. And he, he starts in verse 18. Don't get drunk with wine. It'll lead you to wild living. And some of you are like, man, wild living sounds fun. Yeah, but wild living ends up with di- rotten consequences. And he ties these, things, these two things together. He's saying, hey, you can choose to be drunk with wine, or it says, or be filled with the Holy Spirit. And it's that same idea. When you're drunk with wine, you do things you normally wouldn't do. You say things you normally wouldn't say. You think you're somebody that you're normally not. And you'll find yourself in predicaments that you normally would not find yourself in. That's what wine does to you. But it says, you know, if you would just ask God to fill your life, you would also find the same kinds of things. You would find yourself in places you normally are not, like Guatemala maybe. Or you may find yourself saying things that you normally wouldn't say. 
You know, like being nice to your spouse. You know, you'd find yourself doing things that you might not normally do, like reaching out to somebody and, let's say, you know, um, uh, paying for their groceries or something, or just, you know, at somebody at Tim Hortons, and they're standing in line in front of you like, uh, I don't know, what's that? I'll try, may, oh, no, I won't have that. And you're just, you got to be somewhere. And all of a sudden, there's patience in your life, and you're like, you know what? Hey, bud, whatever you decide to choose, you know, I'll even buy it for you, rather than, I'm going to struggle, I'm going to get my coffee, blah, blah, blah. You know? You might find yourself doing different things if you're under the influence of Holy Spirit in your life. And I want to encourage you with that. This is God's word for you this morning. You say, uh, it says just to be filled with Holy Spirit. Filled means like be filled to the top. It's like not just say, oh yeah, I kind of got Holy Spirit in my life. It's saying be filled to the top. If you decide to follow Jesus, he puts Holy Spirit in your life immediately. So if you're a Christian, if you're a follower of Christ, you have Holy Spirit living in you. But he said the deal is more than just having him in you. It's saying that, he, it, that you're full of him, that he's, he's working through your life. We learn that we learn that Holy Spirit's involved in a lot of things in our life. We learn that, that uh, he's, he's doing something in us so that he can do something through us. We talked about the bucket of rocks a couple weeks ago where if you have things in your life and Holy Spirit starts talking about those things, saying, hey, you know, this relationship is not really healthy for you. Or this, you know, this friendship is not, not really good for you. Or, or this, um, th- th- these things you're doing, you know, whatever it is, is not really good for you. I got something better. Well, he does things through you. Maybe it's healing of going through past hurts, you know, unforgiveness. He starts dealing with some of the rocks in your life so that you can share uh, that, that freedom with others. It says that the manifestation of Holy Spirit, that's what we've been talking about. We've been talking about this, the things that, some, that maybe, maybe some of you didn't ever even know about. It's in the Bible. But there's some things in there that talks about Holy Spirit that uh, some have thought to be strange and weird. But we realize that Holy Spirit is doing stuff for the benefit of the body, of the church. We learn that we can pursue them. We can, we can uh, go after those things. And he wants us to. And uh, the other thing we've realized is sometimes when you're asking God for something, he'll give it to someone else. You're like, God, I really, really, really need this. You know, you're praying for, for um, finances or whatever. And you say, God, I need, a, I need a financial miracle. I need somebody, or I need, I need some money to pay this bill. Most of the time, what he'll end up doing is he'll give somebody else the extra money so that they'll bless you with it because he wants this body to work together. So we talked about a couple things last week. Let's just turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Now you're still with me? That's just the intro, I know. Next week, we have a guest speaker, so I'd really like to just get uh, through everything today so we don't, uh, we don't have to continue on in a couple weeks and have it all disjointed. But it says in 1 Corinthians 12, verse 7, but the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. And it says manifestation. It's not saying gifts. It's not saying God gave you this specific gift. As we talk about these things, it's not that kind of a thing. It's just a manifestation. It's just evidence that Holy Spirit is at work in the situation. He's doing something. But it says those manifestations, those things that happen, those are, those are given to you for the profit of everyone, not just for the person it happens to. And it says, for to one is given a word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the, the word of knowledge through the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healings by the same Spirit. So he's talking about this whole thing, by the same Spirit. It's God doing it all. It says, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another different kinds of tongues, and to another the interpretation of tongues. But one in the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. Say, this, say if you look in this morning, you're like, oh, I'm a little confused already. 
I would challenge you, encourage you to uh, definitely take a look back at some of the other things we, we talked about. Last week, we talked about the word of no- wisdom and the word of knowledge, where God just drops a thought in your, in your head that maybe doesn't even make sense for you. It's like, hey, hey, you know what? I really want you to go and tell Lori that the, the dog is chasing the rabbit. And you're like, what? That makes absolutely no sense, God. The dog is chasing the rabbit. This, this doesn't even sound spiritual. Like, what do you mean? What am I supposed to say? And say, you know what? Just go tell her the dog is chasing the rabbit. And you're like, oh, well, okay. Uh, Lori, I, I think this might be God, but I don't know. But I feel like he's trying to tell you the dog is chasing the rabbit. And all of a sudden she's like, oh, no. Calls home, Joe, Joe, get the dog. We have a, a $50,000 rabbit. How did you know? And calls home, Joe, get the dog. That $5 dog's going to eat my $50,000 rabbit, right? And, and she's like, thank you, thank you, thank you, God. You know, you, and you're like, what? Well, no wonder it didn't make any sense to you because it wasn't for you, right? That's what we were talking about. God wants to give something to you to share with somebody else that can benefit their life. And if you had a $50,000 rabbit, you'd be really thankful if that, that thing actually happened, that somebody would say it. We found that many times that those word of wisdom or word of knowledge, the word of knowledge is something you had no idea about and all of a sudden you know. It's like, you know, the test you didn't study for and you're going through and you're writing the answers and you're like, man, I've never studied this stuff. I have no idea what the square root of pi is. And you're like, oh. And all of a sudden it's like this number shows up in your head. And you're like, what? Oh. And, and you know it. But God's, I'm just saying, if you're, if you're studying for tests, study for your tests. God doesn't do this for everyone. Just say, hey, you know, <laughs> going to high school, I'm just going to wing it, you know. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make it through because the Holy Spirit will help me. No, he, no, it doesn't work that way. Normally, it's not for you. It's going to be for someone else. But uh, we look at a couple of these other things. Uh, we're going to zip through them this morning. But I believe that all of these things happen in your life. If you're going to experience them in your life, they, they usually are preceded by like a little nudge on the inside. You'll hear this voice, or you'll hear like a prompting, or you'll feel like, man, a thought of, this is something that I normally wouldn't do, but I have this thought. Um, many of you know the story of when I pulled o- uh, had the guy pulled over here and felt like I should pay his speeding ticket. You know, I've never paid a speeding ticket for someone else in my life. I try not even to pay my own, right? So it, oh no, just delete that. So, uh, <laughs> but, but, but it was this nudge. It was this thing of I'm driving. I normally see lots of people pulled over. I never think about paying their ticket, but it was a nudge. Something just thought, hey, I i got to do this. Those are the same kind of things as this, the manifestations of the Holy Spirit. The one I want to talk a bunch to today, the first one I want to talk about is faith. Faith, a manifestation of faith in your life. It's not the kind of faith that every believer has. Every person on the planet has enough faith to trust God for salvation. God gave you that. He's given you faith, and, and if, if you study the Word, the Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing uh, by the Word of God. The more you study the Word of God, the more faith grows up in your life to believe God for things. So if you're saying you're struggling with things like healing, and you read a ton of verses on healing, and they all of a sudden become real on the inside of you, you'll believe God for healing. But let's say you were studying all these verses and things for healing, and you've got great faith when it comes to healing, and now all of a sudden you get like the, uh, what is those guys, the CRA sends you a little letter in the mail and says, hey, you owe $50,000. 50000 is a good number today. So he says, you owe $50,000, and you're like, oh, what do you mean I owe $50,000? Like, and all of a sudden it's this thought, it's not even for you, it's for someone else, and you've got to pay it. And you're like, what? This is crazy. How am I going to trust God for $50,000? I have faith for healing. But it's all of a sudden, these are the kind of things where a manifestation of faith happens. And all of a sudden, you believe the impossible. You just do. It's like, man, I don't, I, this is not normal for me. But all of a sudden, I actually believe that, God, I don't know how you're going to do it, but I believe you're going to do it. And it's something that, that is, is unique to the situation. There's a young guy 
And I, I shared this before when uh, there was a young guy who was in a quad accident. Many of you know um, uh, Ricky Lee's because uh, we were praying for, for him. His name is Brody. And when Brody was in that quad accident, they called me. And the first thing they had said is, this is what's happened to him. He's in the hospital. He's in bad, bad shape. This thing just dropped in my heart that he's going to be okay. And I was like, man, you know what? God, I don't even know that. The doctors aren't even saying he's going to be okay. And, and it was like this thing, this thought of, no, he's going to be okay. And, and so I went to the hospital, and I knew that this family, you know, some of them didn't know the Lord, and there was this things of, of you know, what, what you could share with them or what not to share with them. Don't tell them that he's in God's hands and all this stuff. And yet, as I went there, knowing that in my heart that there was this, this thing of, I know he's going to be okay, I could just share words of hope. I never even thought about the other side of this isn't going to work, this isn't going to happen. And as we went through just sharing words of encouragement every time, encouraging them with healings and things that they've seen that they would believe. And you know what? I'm not saying that's because of the faith that he's healed, but it's because of that um, manifestation of faith that I could just go in there and share truth with them and not doubt it at all. Because you know what? Being human, sometimes people come and say, hey, we got this prayer request, and I don't believe there's sometimes where I'm like, I don't have that, that same sense of, whoa, I know God is going to come through in this situation. I don't always have that. And I, I'm the pastor, so I'd imagine some of you probably don't have that either. You know, sometimes where you're like, wow, you face a situation. Sometimes you're facing impossible things and God wants to drop faith, just a manifestation of faith in your life. Acts chapter 11, verse 24, it talks about Barnabas was full of Holy Spirit and strong in faith. And that's the, the, same, the same kind of thing. Paul, he's preaching one, uh, one night. It's the last sermon he's preaching in this town. So he's preaching, and they're all in the upper room. He's preaching all night long. We don't do that around here, so you're all good. But he's preaching super long. And there's a teenager sitting in the back, probably like Dan Murphy's age. He's sitting, he's in the front. But he's, he's sitting in the back, and, and all of a sudden as Paul's preaching, he's like, his name's Eutychus, unfortunate name, but he's like uh, nodding off. And all of a sudden Eutychus falls right out the window, falls three stories, and he dies. And Paul's like, uh, whoa, you know, I've never had this happen. I've never had this happen either. Nobody's died in the service here yet. So, but um, Paul, Paul sees, I shouldn't say yet. Paul sees, uh, <laughs> Paul, Paul and everybody goes down there. And all of a sudden they're really upset because a kid had just died in the service. And, uh, but he says, he just speaks a word. He says, you know what? Don't worry. He's alive before he even gets there. And it's like, what is that? That's just a manifestation of faith that, you know what, yeah, he's dead. But Paul calls something that's not as though it was, goes down there, raises him from the dead. And you know what? It's, it's pretty ma- Everybody's like, whoa, I'm staying awake for the rest of this sermon, you know. It's, uh, there is something amazing that happens. And that's, that's kind of how those things happen. And the gift of faith often leads to some of these other ones happening. When you believe, for it, when you believe as, as uh, uh, faith drops in your heart, sometimes it opens other people for these other things. For instance, like the working of miracles or the gift of healings, which is the next one. The gift of healings it talks about is a favor that somebody receives just without their own merit you don't earn it it's not like you go to become a doctor and now you can like you know prescribe medications and things like that it's just that holy spirit drops things in your heart as far as healing goes and it's for it's for the the body peter uh peter wasn't a doctor but as peter was walking down the streets he would just he it says in acts chapter 9 verse 32 it tells a story about a guy named aenus i don't know where they get these names from but uh aenus was a guy that uh that uh, they were talking with, and he was a cripple, he was lame, and Peter just says to him, you know, Peter's seen this guy lots of times, he's laying by the, t- by the temple, so he'd seen him many times, but it says at this point, all of a sudden he sees him, he's like, feels this, this nudge, it says, tell him he's going to be healed. And he's like, okay. So he says, um, Aeneas, he doesn't pray for him or anything, he just says, Aeneas, you know what, J- Jesus Christ heals you, get up and walk. 
And sure enough, he gets up and he walks. Why? Because he says he's full of Holy Spirit. That's what we're saying is we just believe that Holy Spirit would fill our lives. These things would happen in your life and you'd see these incredible things. See, a lot of times I think we miss out on the excitement of serving Jesus because uh, we just get thinking it's all about just going to church and just doing that. He wants to do so much more through your life. It says that Ananias just even prayed for Paul, that he'd be filled with Holy Spirit, and in that, he was healed of his eyesight. Just like that, because that's how it works. The next thing is the working of miracles, in which miracles were like, whoa, you know, yeah, it'd be cool if, if I could do miracles. Well, guess what? With Holy Spirit inside of you, you can do miracles. It says operating in strength or power or ability. It's not like always these massive things. Sometimes it's saying operating in strength means you've got a lot of money. If you have a lot of money, you come from a position of strength in that. And it says you can live in that, in that same kind of life of having, having a, a, a strength or authority. Acts chapter 8 tells the story of a guy named Philip. Philip is just a normal believer in Jesus. He goes and he's, he's traveling around. And it says in the town of Samaria where he is. Do we have it up there? It says, but the believers who were scattered preached the good news about Jesus wherever they went. Philip, for example, went to the city of Samaria and told the people there about the Messiah. It says, crowds listened intently to Philip because they were eager to hear his message and see the miraculous signs that he did. It says, many evil spirits were cast out, screaming as they left their victims. That would be quite the show, eh? And it says, and many who had been paralyzed or lame were healed. So there's these gifts of healings and signs, and it says, and there was great joy in the city. So why is this all this stuff happening? Because out of it, great joy came to the place around them. You think it'd be kind of cool, you know, if in Balmoral or Hagersville or Simcoe or wherever you live, all of a sudden it's like God prompts you to do something and people are getting healed. And you're like, well, I can't heal people. No kidding. But he can through you. He wants you to realize that the same spirit who raised Jesus from the dead lives inside of you. If we could catch that thought this morning, we could believe that nothing would be impossible for him. God did unusual miracles back then too. Stuff you'd never even you know, think about. Paul, it says in Acts chapter 19, they would just take his handkerchief. You know, he's, he's working hard, wipes his face with the handkerchief, puts it down, somebody grabs it. And they take it home, and they put it on their, their sick buddy, and all of a sudden, he's like, I'm healed. It's like they, they, they grab his apron after he's done working on the, on the tents and he lays his apron down. Somebody grabs it and takes it and puts it on their friend. And all of a sudden, they, were, they, had, you know, they had anxiety attacks or panic attacks or fear, incredible fear. And all of a sudden, boom, they're healed. Wow, unusual miracles. But just believing that God could do incredible things. Paul says in Acts chapter 25, he's in a shipwreck. And he lands on an island. And uh, so there's a whole bunch of people and... They get out on the island, and, and all of a sudden the people are like, whoa, God must love you. That storm was terrible, and you guys survived. And they're like, let's make a fire. So they're all making a fire and gathering sticks, and they put the sticks on the fire, and this poisonous snake jumps out, and it bites Paul in the hand. And this poisonous snake, everybody on the island of Malta knows that this snake kills people. So they're looking like, oh, man, you must be a really bad person. God must really hate you. You know, look at he survives the shipwreck, but God's still going to get him, kills him with the snake. And, and then all of a sudden, Paul, like, shakes the snake off into the fire, and they all watch him. You know, is he going to swell up and die? Is he gonna, and they watch, and they watch, and he doesn't swell up, and he doesn't die. And then all of a sudden, they're like, hey, you know what? You must be a god. You know, you're incredible. People's motives or their thoughts about people just flip back and forth and back and forth. And so many times... For us, that's what decides whether we're going to believe God for something or not believe God for something is what are everybody else going to think? What's everybody? And Paul, just realizing that, hey, this is what's true. He knew that Jesus had said some things uh, in his word that said, these signs will follow those who believe. In my name, they'll cast out demons. They'll speak with new tongues. They will uh, take up serpents. 
If they just believe, they would take up serpents. And it says if they drink anything deadly, it's not going to hurt them. It says they'll lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Now let me take you right back to the first thought of that sentence. It says these signs will follow those who what? These signs will follow those who what? These signs will follow anyone who believes. If we would believe, just the same thought there. You know, Jesus did not speak these words to Paul. Paul would have read them uh, or heard about them through somebody else, probably through Mark. And it says because he believed. You know what happens when he shakes the snake off? He ends up, he, uh, a sick man gets brought to him because he's just filled with Holy Spirit. He, uh, he, he believes for healing for this man. And that man gets healed. And then every other sick person on the whole island comes and gets healed. That's pretty good stuff. You think people would want to follow Jesus if that kind of stuff is happening? I, I think so. And, and you know, he wants to do that kind of stuff for, through you. You're like, oh man, this stuff sounds huge. Well, let me, let me submit one other thought to you. I believe that miracles are not always huge for the person who's doing them. Not necessarily as huge as it is for the people who receive them. You know, there, there's a song by Sarah McLaughlin. It's called Ordinary Miracle. Maybe you've heard if you watch Charlotte's Web, uh, if you have kids. Um, Tom watched it? Huh, interesting. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Ordinary miracles can happen. The, the dictionary just says that a miracle is it's a highly improbable or extra, extraordinary event development or accomplishment that brings very welcome circumstance. Something just ex- extraordinary that happens, but it brings good in the life of the person. Financial miracles. Have you ever been in a place where you needed God to do something in your life financially? That, you know, you need somebody to, um, uh, or that, that he's used you to bless someone else. Do you realize that today God knows every need on the planet? He already knows what you need before you've asked for it. He knows every prayer you've prayed, and he wants to move on behalf of that. And guess what he's looking for? He's looking for people, people that he can move through to see that need met. That's how he reaches the world. It's through us. It's through regular people. He's looking for someone who says, I'll agree with your will. God, I want, not only do I want you to fill me with your spirit, I want you to do something through, the, uh, through me. And, uh, you know, I've seen that uh, many times. This, this last little while, we've been sharing the story. We were given a car. Uh, this um, two weeks ago, somebody calls me up on a Tuesday morning and says, hey, uh, don't be mad at me, but I'm putting your name on the ownership of this car and we're giving it to you. And I was like, okay, I'm not mad at you, but uh, why? And he says, because God told me to do it. And I was like, man, there's more people in our church who are poorer than me. You know, they, I'm not poor. I could buy a car if I wanted a car. Like, this is just odd to me. I was like, you know what? You really need to pray about it because I think God might be telling you to give it to someone else. And so they're like, okay, well, okay, we'll pray about it. And I'm sitting there going, Beth, man, we weren't even praying for a car. I don't call her man. I said, Beth, you know, we, we weren't pr- even praying for a car. Uh, what's going on? You know, this, is, this seems strange. And then as we, we thought, they were like, you know what? It, it, a car costs money. You know, it costs gas, insurance, repairs, all this stuff. We're like, you know, it, it can't be us. We, you know, God's showing us wisdom. We live with just one vehicle. We're doing that on purpose. And then all of a sudden, so, okay, three days later, we're like, we meet with the guy again. We're like, okay, so did you pray about it? And he's like, yeah. And, uh, and, and he, God had just put in our hearts to some of the people we talked to that if somebody's going to bless you with something you can't say no because the thing is you're stealing what God is telling them to do so whatever you're supposed to do with it just wait so he says yeah he says I'm giving you the car but he says also I feel like I'm supposed to pay all your insurance for a year I'm supposed to pay for all of your gas for a year I'm supposed to pay for all of your repairs for a year I'm talking about like I got a real free car miracle to the guy who gave it to us it was no big deal because to him it's not a miracle but you know what Holy Spirit worked a miracle through his life for me 
A working of miracles can happen just by that prompting, that nudge. You know, I realize Ephesians 3.20 just says this, that my God can do exceedingly abundantly more than I could ask or even think according to the power that works in us. Sometimes it was like, hey, we're not even thinking about it. I realize that Beth has been thinking about having another vehicle every time she sits home all by herself and realizing I'd like to get out of this place. Um, but God honored, you know, God, God came through in an incredible way, miracles. And you know, it's not just doing good things. It's not saying, hey, I'm going to go out and do some good works. It's about listening to God because you can say, I give $1,000 and it's not a God thing. Whereas you could give 10 bucks and to somebody and it meets a prayer that they've been praying, God, I needed that. Challenge you to listen to that prophecy. Is, uh, the, one of the other ones, it says, prophecy is that God would just put an unction on you to speak his words of life into someone else's. Sometimes it's forth telling. Sometimes it's just straight up telling somebody what they need to hear, even if they don't want to hear it. Like saying, hey, you know what? I feel that God's telling me that the relationship you're in is no good. She's not a believer. What are you doing? And they're like, oh, you know, you're so mean. Yeah, you know what? This, that's sometimes what it is, but it's what for their good. Sometimes it's foretelling. It's speaking the future, and you didn't even have any idea. This happened to me back in the, way back in the day when I was 16 years old. I, I was, in, uh, I was in, in church, and I volunteered doing the overheads. It was before they had cool media like this. You just put the little paper on the screen and look up and make sure it's centered and clear. And, and there's a church. At our church, there was a conference. There was about 1,500 people there. And I'm just like at the front. The reason I volunteered to do that is because I don't want anybody to, I don't want to talk to anybody. I'm not going to be an usher or anything. I don't want to talk to anybody. I don't want to be in the limelight. I just want to be in the background and just do the overheads. So nobody bugs me. And uh, then during the service, all of a sudden the, the preacher who was there, he's, he ends the service. And I'm going up to do the overhead. And all of a sudden he looks over at me. And in front of 1,500 people, he says, hey, you. I was like, he's like, you're called to preach. And I was like, dear Lord. That is not true. You know what? No, 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 no. no. But I, you can't say anything. And I'm like, uh, that preacher, he's not of the Lord. You know, he doesn't know what he's talking. But I couldn't say anything. And I realized, so you know what? Okay, I just kind of put that on the shelf. And I had tried to preach and I sucked at it. I knew that that was not what I was supposed to do. But you know what? God was working something already, that he was speaking something. That at some point, when, when it came to this place, I would know that that's what he had been planning in my life for a long time. Foretelling. Sometimes it's just encouraging, building up. That's what the word is. Prophecy is not like God's going to tell you all of, you know, um, uh, Peter Witchy's dirty secrets. So you can be like, oh, I know what you did last summer, you know. <laughs> it's, uh, it's not one of those things. It's, it's one of those uh, things for building up, encouraging. The last couple, I'll just blast through. How are we doing, Jackie? We can do this. Discerning of spirits. This perceiving or distinguishing or recognizing spirits. You know, there's different types of, uh, types of spirits in the Bible. The word spirit, for those who understand Greek, and there is someone here who does, the word's pneuma. The word pneuma is the word for spirit. When you talk about Holy Spirit, it would be Holy Pneuma. Uh, when it talks about evil spirit, it's talking about an evil pneuma. If it's talking about the human spirit, human pneuma. That word spirit, angels, are called uh, um, pneuma as well. So it's like, hey, there's all these kind of things working that this gift, this manifestation that can happen, will happen in a time where you say, there, maybe there's a word that's spoken. Maybe it's something through preaching that's spoken. Like we were talking about prophecy. Prophecy can often happen through preaching where somebody's like, man, Mark, you spoke right to me this morning. That was so for me. I had nothing to do with that. That's a manifestation of, of prophecy happening in your life. It says, but here, it says the discerning of spirits, because sometimes there's going to be stuff that's said that's not of God. And it's like, you don't need a discerning of, of spirits. Like if, if somebody were to say, you know what, I just would like to say that Jesus is not the Son of God. You know, I just wanted to preach that message to you this morning. You wouldn't really need a discerning of spirits to realize, 
wow, I don't think that's really that accurate. You know, you'd be like, I discern there must be a manifestation that that can't be true. No, you wouldn't, you wouldn't have that. What, what, but what happens is it's when it sounds really good, but, it, but there's something that's just not right. It's, it's like the story of, uh, in Acts chapter 16. You know, Acts is such a phenomenal book. Holy Spirit did so much through so many people in the book of Acts. It says there's this little, Paul, Paul's going to this town and he's, he's there for a few days and he's preaching in all these places and this, this little girl, just a little girl, starts following them around and she keeps telling everybody where they're going. She says, these men are servants of the Most High God who proclaim to us the way of salvation. She's like their little, their little herald going through and says, hey, everybody, gather around. We got something good happening. These guys coming, they're, they're servants of the Most High God, and they're going to show you the way to salvation. You think, that sounds pretty good, right? No? That sounds like a good thing. But what happens? Paul says after a bit, he says, he looks at it and realizes, he recognizes that it's an evil spirit working there, and he casts it out. Why? Because not everything that sounds good is good. There's people who sound really spiritual, say really spiritual things, but it's not good. They're using things to manipulate. Satan knows the word of God probably better than half of us. He says when he talked to Jesus, he tried to tempt Jesus with his own words. He tried to tempt Jesus with the Bible. And you're like, man, I, okay. But if he can do it with Jesus, he's sure going to try it with you. Saying, hey, you know what? Did, did God really say that you can't do that? Did God really mean that you shouldn't marry an unbeliever? Did God really mean that you shouldn't be drunk with wine? Did God really mean those things? And you'll find out all this stuff. Why? Because he's trying to try to do something. The discerning of spirits is such an incredible manifestation to protect the church, to protect the body. So you can discern it, and whether it's God speaking through someone to you, somebody says, "Hey, I got a word for you. Thou shalt marry me." <laughs> you might want to have a discerning of spirits in that point to say, "Ah, God, is this really you?" Most of the time, just say it probably isn't going to be. He doesn't talk to me that. The spirit of, but you can discern the spirit of a person. Sometimes a person will come in and you'll be like, man, there's something about that person that's just not right. I don't know what it is. It just doesn't feel right. There's something that's off. Trust that. That can be a manifestation of Holy Spirit in your life that's saying, hey, there's something wrong. Guess what? That's probably all he's going to tell you. He's not, like I said, God's not a gospel. He's saying, oh, hey, I'm going to tell you exactly why that person's all wiggity-wack. You know, he's going he's gonna to be like, hey, there's just, just watch out. Just watch out about being too close in a friendship with this person. Just watch out. And you keep your eyes open. You'll see it down the road. Why? Um, Wes uh, from Sweets Corners, his wife Angie, had this happen all the time. People would come to church. They'd be new to the church. They'd walk in. She's like, Wes, just watch this person. Because not everybody comes here with good motives. People go into churches for all kinds of reasons. You'd kind of want to know that, it's, let's say, if a pedophile came into your church, you'd kind of want to know that there was some protection. God can give you that promise saying, wait a second, there's something not right with this person. Trust that. If you're a leader of a department, trust that. He wants to do that through you. If you're looking for a babysitter for your kids, I think you may want to have sometimes, Holy Spirit, help me to choose the right person for babysitting my children. Holy Spirit, help me to have some understanding for, for who I'm gonna, where I'm going to let my children stay overnight, which parents I'm going to allow to be influential in my kids' lives. We need Holy Spirit more than ever in this day because there's, there's all kinds of people that have ulterior motives. You want manifestation of Holy Spirit in that area, no? He says that can happen and you would know it by that. 
inch was so good for that kind of stuff. And say we listened to it. When we didn't listen to it, we usually got burned. When we did listen to it, realized, yeah, there were certain things that happened. And the last two things, different kinds of tongues and the interpretation of tongues. We're going to talk about those two right together so we can get this all, all together. This is the one that weirds most people out. This is the one like, what are tongues, you know? Like Acts chapter 2 is like, oh, you know, they were like, hey, are you spirit-filled, sanctified, baptized in tongues, covered in the blood of the Lamb? You're like, what? What? They're butchering sheep out in the backyard, you know? What's going on? Like, it's, like this doesn't make any sense. But it's talking about different kinds of languages, that sometimes Holy Spirit can drop a different kind of language in your life. And I just want to say there's different purposes. There's different purposes for, the, for this manifestation. And, and there's, a, there's a gift of speaking in other languages. And there's a manifestation. And they're two separate things. There's one where Paul is talking about where, there would be, where the church is gathered together. Either here or at Tim Hortons or wherever you are. And there's a, where you speak out in a language you don't understand. There's, there's a purpose for that. And then there's another one that's just that you have for talking to God, praying to God. God. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 14, he says, I speak with tongues and I pray with tongues. I speak in other languages, but I pray in other languages. And he differentiates between the two. The praying in other languages can happen anytime, anywhere, because it's for you and God. The speaking out in another language is something completely different and requires that other people interpret it or you interpret it so that people understand what you're saying. Paul said, I wish that everyone spoke in tongues. 1 Corinthians 14 18 verse 19, he says, I thank God I speak in tongues more than you all. I think the same thing. You know, I've, that's something that's a part of my life, is speaking other languages probably more than, than you all. But it says, Paul said this, I'd rather, in, that I was, when I'm in the church, I speak five words in a language you can understand than 10,000 in one you can't. And here's where everything's gone all weird and wacky is because people thought, hey, we, can, we, can, we have this gift of being able to pray in tongues, so we're just going to do that wherever we feel like, and it's going to sound spiritual. And people are going to look at me like, whoa, you're spiritual. It's not for that purpose at all. It's for the edification of the body. And Paul talks about that because it says it needs an interpretation of tongues. But can you imagine... Could you imagine this scenario for a minute? That if somebody here was, last week we had Brian who, who got just, a, 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 I believe, a word of knowledge, a word of wisdom, or even prophecy, which was two words long, which was, I'm exciting. That's all it was. I'm exciting. That, and that God wanted us to know that he's exciting. He says that two words was just, uh, was that, what if he had heard that in Spanish? What if all of a sudden he sees those words in Polish? And you're like, uh... Nobody understands what they're saying. And all of a sudden, somebody who speaks Polish says, wait a second, he just said, I'm excited. You'd be like, whoa, okay, God, God just, man, that's like too weird. That's just unique. You know, obviously God is talking. It says that's the same purpose and reason for that to happen. Sometimes it'll be a language men can understand. Other times it'll be a language of angels. For instance, you know, that, that in Acts chapter 2, when the Holy Spirit first fell on people, when he first fell on people's lives, it says they all began to speak in languages that they did not know. Some people think, oh, God touched the other people's ears. But it says they, all these guys from all these countries, it'd be like, like here, people from Holland and people from Germany and people from England. Well, they speak English, never mind. People from uh, Nairobi or wherever, they're all here. And all of a sudden, you know, Holy Spirit begins to speak. You speak these other languages like, man, that guy's speaking Dutch and he never learned it before. You'd be like, that's, that, that's a miracle. That's Holy Spirit's manifestation. You kind of listen to what he says. For instance, if I said this this morning, Dios es bueno. Gloria a Dios, Dios te bendiga. And you're like, what? 
That's what you would probably see or hear those words in your mind. The same as, you know, the dog is chasing the rabbit. They wouldn't make a whole lot of sense to you. But if you were here this morning and you speak Spanish, you would understand that the interpretation is God is good, glory to God, and God bless you. Happens so many times. I've seen it in foreign countries where people have been there. If you're traveling to a foreign country, you don't speak that language. God could say something through you that could bless other people. Let me say this. In 1 Corinthians 13.1, I want to end with this because we're right there. It says, if we speak with the tongue of men and angels, but I don't have love, it's a gong show. If you pray for these manifestations and you want God to do stuff through your life, but it's not for the purpose of love for other people or the edification of the body, you're just going to be a gong show. You might think, ooh, I'm really spiritual, but it's not. The reason we teach about all this stuff is not because we don't want it to happen. It's because we do want it to happen. I believe those things for your life. So I would ask you to, to pray these prayers this week, that you would ask that you be continually filled with Holy Spirit. Every time you think of it, just Holy Spirit, would you fill me with you? Ask that God would move through you in, in, to, to reach out to, to others around you and ask that others would come to know him in a greater way or that they would come to know him for the first time as a result and then ask for courage that you would be uh, willing to obey the nudges he puts in your life. Would you join me in that this morning? Father, we just come to you this, uh, today in this place. We ask, Holy Spirit, that you would fill each one of us for the lives you've already planned for us to live, for the opportunities that are out there that you already want to uh, work in, the needs that you already want to meet in other people's lives. Pray, God, that people would be touched by your spirit in us, that they would see Jesus uh, through our lives. And Father, above all, I pray for courage for each person here this morning that as they leave this place, as they ask for your presence and and your spirit in their lives, that they would experience those nudges and already have decided in their heart to be courageous and speak out and do those things that they see in here. Thank you for your word that helps us just to recognize these things. And God, we just agree with your word that we desire these things for your purposes. God's in your name. Jesus, I want to say thank you Thank you for giving your life for us. Thank you for freedom. Thank you for, your, uh, for creating this thing called church that we can be a part of. Pray your blessing over each of these families and people, individuals as they go, that uh, y- your love and laughter and hope and joy would fill their homes, fill their lives, that they re- truly would be lights in a dark place this week. In Jesus' name, amen.